0: going on everyone it is friday night 1105 ish here on the sports Keto wrestling youtube twitter facebook all that good jazz rick Uchino, sp3 the legend himself he don't light it it's just for the look dutch mantel here on the show how are we doing tonight guys
1: well wait a minute now when we have a good show from smackdown i'm gonna light this sucker up hey you're but the. last week was good you're the one who had to take off and we couldn't do the damn show oh i guess i okay that's it i'm writing you up right he's harassing me on the job
0: that might be a record that's 56 seconds in and i'm already harassing dutch uh here tonight we do appreciate uh everybody who uh who is tuning into the show today dutch it's been two weeks since you've been on what have you been up to the people want to know they're concerned about you they're wondering where you've been the last two weeks How you feeling? You were, you were ill a
1: couple weeks ago. Sick as a dog. I had, well, I don't know if I had COVID or whatever, but I think a lot of people have had it and don't know they've had it. That's what I think happened to me. My daughter's had it twice. And I think I had it and I said, hell, I I couldn't hardly get up and walk to the door. So that was two weeks ago. Last week, I was at a signing in New Jersey which when I finished there I felt like I had covid too. That that's and, just a side effect of being in Jersey though. I went, I didn't say that. <laughs> see Rick, see, you see how Rick wants to knock everything but That, so, so, that was
0: for Sid, right? Cuz Sid's a New York guy. That was a that was a, a comment for Sid there. So he he approved. Everything is all good.
1: But a very good signing last week, so that's that's where I've been. So but it did give me a, a week away or two weeks away, actually, from watching SmackDown and Rampage.
0: So, so, should we? Is it karma then that you return and the show's quality all of a sudden takes a massive dip tonight? They did this just for Dutch tonight, just so we would have something to complain about here tonight on Smack Talk. because well, you were well, not a fan of the show tonight, were you? Uh,
1: SmackDown. I would say, though, between the vents, I think we were talking to Sid a little earlier. I think it was slightly better than a a Vince-controlled show. I would say that. But it was far lower than where I thought a Triple H show would be at this point, even though it was better, but not by a whole lot. The best part of the show was when Gunther and Seamus had the stare-down. That was the best part of the
0: show. I love that segment. I loved every single thing about that segment I enjoyed tonight. But it it was a lot of... This is what I'm chalking it up to, because there wasn't a whole lot of things of, of note that really happened tonight on SmackDown. They're taping two shows tonight, all right? And typically when they tape two shows back-to-back ahead of a big, you know, travel over to the U.K., Dutch, what's that thing you like to say? Maintenance shows. This is basically two maintenance shows. Like the build to Clash of the Castle, as far as the SmackDown side, is pretty much done. With the Gunther and Sheamus promo tonight, the build to Clash of the Castle is done, as far as the SmackDown's concerned. So these are basically two glorified house shows that we're getting in Detroit, both this week and next week, because the pay-per-view is going to be 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. And planning four hours of television can't be can't be easy, especially when you're trying to do things and spread it out over the course of two weeks, Dutch.
1: So their pay-per-view is a week from tomorrow? Yes. So I was getting a little confused on it. They have so many. Between Rampage and WWE, I I get confused on these pay-per-view dates. Because all out on (laughs) Sunday.
0: So next Saturday, next Saturday is Clash at the Castle, 1 o'clock. And then all out AEW's pay-per-view is Sunday night, in chicago where both sid and i will be which i'm looking forward to. so
1: you're gonna where where are you gonna be
0: i will be in chicago that weekend
1: next weekend. all right sid where are you tonight
2: i'm still in the uk but i'm making my way back to united states finally after my long excursion this weekend
0: (laughs) there we go there we go look at that he's he's finally on his way back I love it all right well let's better, dive better into it
2: Then never i disagree with both of y'all and i will say this felt like triple h was like hey here you go dad it's your birthday you can book <laughs> friday night smackdown because this felt like a vid smackdown 100 all
0: right well let's dive into it from the top here uh we open up with with a match which i will never complain about and I did think it was a good match between Ricochet and Happy Corbin. I love that that Triple H is, is letting Ricochet eat here a little bit and actually going out and doing what Ricochet does best. Ricochet does get the win tonight, just like he did a couple of weeks ago. So this was a rematch that we saw uh, already, and this is a match that has happened many times before. They didn't. Uh, they tried to make a story on commentary with Happy Corbin about getting, dis- uh, getting distracted and how he's got all the talent, but he's never been able to put it together. I didn't mind this. I thought this was a fairly good open to the show. But again, this is something that we've seen before.
1: It's more of the same. You can only watch two people do the same stuff so many times. And Ricochet won this one, right?
0: Yeah. He's won the last two. He he, He won won
1: won the last
2: one too.
1: And I'll win one. It's, it's been done. So, like I said before, we went on the air. If we could, if we could take SmackDown and package it into a sleeping pill, you know, and take it, we'd we'd be billionaires.
2: Yeah, just I felt like I was watching a rerun to start the show in the same exact place. Ricochet and Happy Corbin that we got weeks ago, then we got it just in reverse order. We got the uh, Pat McAfee Telestrator after the match instead of before the match this time. So that was the least fun. But yeah, I mean I'm happy Ricochet got a win. That's the that's the that's the nicest thing I could say about this opening matchup. It was solid work from both guys, but not too much to get me interested into the show
0: triple h is going to present ricochet well right ricochet is is one of his guys he's going to get a chance to go out there i just don't know what you you do uh with ricochet because he's coming off of an intercontinental championship run that went nowhere he's the one who dropped it to gunther so you're building him up for what I I don't know, and I'm not saying either of you guys know what that is at this point, but uh, I I am interested to see what road, what path Ricochet is going to go down here over the next several weeks uh, and several months. Uh, We then then get a backstage segment between the Street Profits and Hit Row. Uh, They wanted to go get the smoke, and that is apparently exactly what they went on and did. Then we got a run of video packages and promos, uh, one for Drew McIntyre. I thought... Both of the video packages that they ran tonight for Drew McIntyre were spectacular. WWE does a really, really good job of setting up video packages tonight. Then at the end of the night, Drew McIntyre got his ass whooped. And if you've seen the photos uh, on on social media, the battle scars after the beat down the four-on-one for the bloodline, he really did get his ass whooped tonight. Uh, Back, bloodied, beat up, bruised, everything like that. SP3, you wrote out on Twitter after everything we saw tonight, you think Drew McIntyre is winning at Clash at the Castle?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the video packages were exceptional. That's what WWE does best. And these felt like kind of like WrestleMania build up the baby phase before his big triumphant win type of moment. And, you know, with Triple H, he's going to try to cater to, you know, the fans. They got 70,000 in Cardiff. This is the big event that Drew McIntyre has fought and you know bled and and pleaded for for years it just felt like they were hyping them up especially with the video packages and then the beatdown at the end of the night that they were setting things up for drew mcintyre to win the undisputed universal championships at clash at the castle what are they gonna do from there you know he could feud with karrion cross coming out of the pay-per-view I don't know what this does for their plans with you know Roman Reigns and if they were going to do Roman versus Cody, if they were going to do more Roman and Seth, if they were going to do Roman versus Rock for the Undisputed Universal Championship. I don't know what they're going to do, but the fact that they... Did these video packages where they Made Drew McIntyre seem like The ultimate babyface who's going Home to win the big one They did the big beatdown and then Next week they're doing a whole Celebration for two years of Rowan Reigns as yeah. Universal Champion That's usually what they do For the heel before they're about to Drop the title CM Punk uh, is you, oh, Now, now they, I'm
0: deja vu Because you said that ahead of day one <laughs> With Drew McIntyre we, we, Where they were talking about we, passing Brock Lesnar's record.
2: No, no, no. When we did, when we, day one, I didn't, I didn't account for COVID. Uh, That's what happened at day one when Roman got (laughs) COVID. We don't, we, I think the plan was for Brock to win the championship there. And that's why they just said, hey, hey, Brock, go win this other title since, since Roman's not here. So I don't think the title reign would be at this number of 730 days going into next week. If, it, if he was healthy at day one, I think he would have lost the Universal title at day one to set up him winning the title back at WrestleMania. But I think there's a chance. I'm more, I'm more confident than I was last week. I went from last week being at like a 5% Drew McIntyre could win the championship at Clash of the Council to I'm a good 40% after tonight's show.
0: Uh, i'm still ra- hovering right around 20 percent because i believe uh and actually i'm going to agree somebody just put it up there marco i'm agreeing with marco here i don't think the it's going to be carrion and drew for the championship after i think carrion is the out uh for drew to lose this match um and and that's where i'm at right now now my mind could change based off of what happens next week but I think this is setting it up for the old back and forth, right? It's a tennis match. Tonight, it was the bloodline standing tall. Drew will stand tall next week, and then we're going to head into Clash at the Castle. I think Karrion Cross is going to get involved in some way, shape, or form. I, at this point, I'm not going to believe that Roman Reigns is losing, Dutch, until Roman Reigns actually loses.
1: I don't think he's losing either. I mean, that is, if, if I were going to put that belt on somebody, I don't think I'd put it on... On McIntyre right now I think he's missing something they pushed him and pushed him and pushed him I think I just don't see it SummerSlam is coming up so I think they're gonna
0: Survivor Series
1: a Survivor Series is coming up and uh, I think still that Cody Rhodes is, he's sitting back there I mean if they're gonna push him but I think Drew how long has Drew been there uh He came back he in 2018.
2: Re- he, he returned in 2017. Uh, he re-signed with the company. He did a stint in NXT, and then he got called up to the main roster in 2018.
1: Well, since you're putting percentages on it, I'm going to go uh, Roman retained 70% versus 30%. right.
0: So, so we're at 40, 30, and 20 uh right now on who's going to win at Clash of the Castle. Again, my mind could be uh changed uh depending on what happens next week. What did we think of uh and Cross's promo tonight, gentlemen? Pretty straightforward tonight, I thought. Any comments? Well,
1: I was confused about the about the placement of it. Didn't it play where did it play in the show? Uh
2: it, it was, was right after the first video package.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought he played in an odd spot because, and it was okay. But I still I still don't, I think he's still, if he's going to be some kind of a, a character, he doesn't talk, maybe they just want him to talk the way he's talking. But I, I don't quite see it. I'm not quite getting him yet. I,
0: I think they're still in kind of a feeling out process with, with Karrion Cross on what exactly it is they, they want him to do. He's going to wrestle next week, uh, which is a match that would have already been filmed now uh, at this point. So we'll, we'll get more on what he's going to do moving forward. Obviously they got some big things uh, going for him. If he's interjecting himself into the main event scene uh, right away, since being brought back to the company, uh, we did get our uh, second chance fatal four-way women's tag team match tonight. A fairly quick match, and I'm wondering if maybe an audible was called because that superplex to the outside, uh, Nikki ASH was grabbing her knee ankle area after she landed directly on her feet coming off of that superplex. I thought there was a chance she might have been hurt. We did see her arguing with Dewdrop later on, uh, so at least she was on her feet. She was doing all right, unless that was filmed beforehand, so you know, maybe she's all right. We'll hopefully she's okay on that one but it did look pretty bad uh Sonia and Natty end up getting the win because Sonia did the very smart thing immediately chucked Nikki into the ring and pinned her with everybody else outside of it so it was a quick abrupt finish but it made sense it was smart for Sonia to do that of course it ultimately meant nothing there sp3 because they would go on and face Raquel and Aaliyah in the in the semifinals, and Raquel and Aaliyah won like everybody knew they were they were going to do the interesting thing was this was basically a two-on-one handicap match because aliyah got taken out on the outside and then never showed up again until the three count and then immediately she's rushing back into the ring uh and and celebrating it's like um weren't you just like it's... unconscious three seconds ago like what the hell
1: happened there? did she get hurt or did she just she was late or was that the way it was planned uh i i the clunky finish
0: I I think I think the match went exactly as it was planned, but it was a bit of a rush job for her to get back into the ring and and celebrate because she went from zero to 100. She was out, done, finished. And then all of a sudden, one, two, three bell rings, her team wins, and she's diving on top of Raquel. I did think it was hilarious that Bailey was like, oh, hey, there's Aaliyah. That's convenient. Bailey was a star on commentary tonight. I really did enjoy that. But ultimately, Everything we saw out of the women's division tonight, while it's great to see them get some TV time, I don't think it's going to mean a damn thing because the finals are going to show up SP3 this coming Monday, and Dakota and EO are winning this damn thing. So, like, this this whole tournament has been cursed with injuries, and ultimately it's not going to mean a damn thing because damage control is going to win the belts like we all knew they were going to in the first place.
2: It's been fairly obvious since this whole thing started that this was just a vehicle to crown uh, damage control Dakota Kai and EO sky. But I mean, man, Rick told me on another episode on another show, I believe uh, that. He was like, "I right, when I said that the opening matchup of Eo e- Sky and Dakota Kai versus Dana Brooke and Tamina should have been like three minutes; should have been them squashing them." He was like, "Oh no, Triple H wants to like make these longer matches, and then we got two <laughs> matches tonight that totaled about eleven minutes. So yeah, that didn't age too well." And again, yeah, I, I think it, I, I
0: thought came. an audible was called on the on the first it, one. Was- Doesn't matter <laughs> if the audible. If the audible if there was
2: an audible called, how about you put one of the other seven women in the match in the ring? If you really think Nikki ASH is injured, you just did you your second match. You that's just did a whole point. match where, oh, where Raquel Rodriguez was one against two. You telling me you couldn't do this fatal four way and go maybe two more minutes without Nikki ASH? No, Nikki ASH is injured. We gotta end this match real quick. No, that's how long the match was gonna go. That's how ma- that's how long the match was gonna go. Where
1: is Lazy Evans? Great question. I mean, they were pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. She was getting over. Then they turned her heel. She was still getting over. And all of a sudden, they they just stopped it.
0: Uh, The last (laughs) report that came out was medically not cleared to compete or medically not cleared to be on the show, which begs the question, okay, if that's the case, why aren't they just doing what they were doing with her in the first dang place, which was – having her come out and just get nuclear hot heat promos. That's a very interesting move that's been made here, Sp 3 to me anyway. Yeah, like, and
2: you had, you had the reason why I didn't care about this fatal four way last chance fatal four way. And I'll ask Dutch if he cared, but I didn't because I don't know who any of these women are. I don't know who they are. Like, Sonia Deville was like in management before, and she had a character. But ever since she lost that position, she's kind of lost her character. Natalia has just been the same character for the last decade. They took Shotzi's <laughs> tank away. Uh, Lee, they took her cool entrance away. Uh, Tam- Tamina and Dana Brooke have been running around with like chickens with their head cut off in the twenty four seven division. I had no reason to care about this matchup.
1: Me either. The only ones I, well, I knew some of them in there, but I didn't care who won. I didn't care. I didn't. You know, usually, you know, I, I will say I like this one better than this one, but I didn't. They were all the same to me. They were just trying to, and it didn't go long. How long did it go? Four minutes.
2: Three Man. minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: How much? Three.
2: Three minutes, just over three minutes.
1: The only thing I noticed tonight that was different, they didn't have the in ring, did they, start off with? They started to, they started it right off, right? They went right into a match, started the show. Yeah tonight. Didn't have an in ring. That's the only thing I noticed different really about the show. I'll say
0: this much for the women's tag team tournament. I, I feel like this whole thing has been rushed a little bit. I know a lot of fans were were clamoring for this, and they were saying, "When the hell are we going to get to it?" And this was obviously a priority to dive right into it and and get to it because it was put on the shelf for so long. I think it would have been much better if they would have just focused on quality instead of quantity. And I say that as they gave us this eight team tournament by throwing, That entire right side of the bracket when it first came out was like random generator in GM mode in in WWE 2K, whatever, right? Like it was just spin the wheel on the prices, right? And whatever you land on, that's what you get. I would have preferred, and I think I've said this before, I would have preferred take the best established teams that you got and give me a four-way round robin double elimination tournament and actually like build some storylines around it and let us get to know those four teams whatever's going to be the pillars of your division if you don't have them all here yet okay again you could have spread that out over time i would have liked to have seen ronda and Shayna in the tournament i still have hopes that maybe that there'll be a team down the line but and again, Shayna is facing Liv Morgan uh at Clash at the Castle. You wouldn't know it by tonight's show because neither one of them were on the damn show. Uh so that seemed like a weird uh decision to me. So hopefully they're on next week. But I definitely think they 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 have rushed this just a little bit.
1: They were on the show, but just in a video.
0: Were they on, did I miss that?
1: Yeah.
2: They showed a video of Shayna uh kicking her in the face from last week.
0: Okay. Totally missed that. So uh must have been during a bathroom break or something uh somebody bringing uh, bring it up in the chat jay here said braun strowman was backstage tonight at smackdown could be something could not he is I do believe he's dating Raquel Rodriguez is is he not so that that could be just a simple old hey I'm I'm there to support my woman so uh I'm not going to read too much uh into that he did make some interesting comments this week about how uh control your narrative is worth hundreds of dollars uh, and it's going to be around much longer than AEW uh ever will so I I'll say this much don't expect to see Mr. Adam sure inside AEW uh anytime soon Let's talk about the uh, the segment of the night that uh, we all agree, at least on SmackDown anyway. Sheamus, Gunther, I could not love this exchange anymore. Sheamus coming out there, reminding everybody who the hell that he is because I think so many people, either newer wrestling fans, don't know how good this guy is or how storied his career has been and the guys that he's been in the ring with or people have forgotten at this point because it's been so long since he has been in that that upper card scene. Talking about fighting Triple H and John Cena and beating those guys uh in winning world championships. And then Gunther gets in there and just goes complete savage and, and going complete Ivan Drago. I am going to break you at Clash of the Castle. And then the boys start fighting, and neither Seamus or Gunther budges one Iota, which was hilarious to me. They don't give a crap. That it's a two-on-one beat down and Ludwig and, and Butcher scrambling all over the ring. They did not give a single F. They just stared down each other. I loved every single bit about this tonight, Dutch.
1: Well, it was it was a very focused interview. And when all that activity was going on around them, they just looked right at each other. So you know the intensity between those two. They kept it there. And I'm gonna have to compliment those guys. They were they held it at almost the proper time they should have held it and they got out. And it was like the fight, they didn't give a crap about that. They just cared about each other. So and I'm sitting there looking at it like a fan and it dawned on me, well these guys don't care what these other guys do. It's just between them. I like that a lot. Best part of the show in my in my opinion it was between what do you think
2: i would go as far to say this was the best thing on either show Uh, i love the intensity between the these two guys and like sheamus said banger after banger after banger sheamus has been the most consistent and reliable performer on smackdown this entire year i would argue that the two best matches that we've seen in recent memory on smackdown was him versus shame him versus uh drew mcintyre in the irish donny brook match and then last week when in that, five, that fatal five way that was an amazing matchup as well so Seamus delivers banger after banger after banger after banger and that's what he's going to deliver at Clash at the Castle him and Gunther is going to be great and Gunther is just so convincing as the, the overlord of of the ring the mat is sacred the ring general and he just comes off like an evil villain and he, it might make Seamus a babyface come Clash at the Castle, which I'm oh, interested to see.
1: Oh, he will be. Seamus will be a babyface. He's in Wales. He's a UK guy.
0: Yeah. Of course, he's going to have seventy
1: thousand people screaming for him. So I'm almost more interested in seeing Seamus and Gunther than I am seeing McIntyre and you know, Roman.
2: I agree with you. I'm more interested in that match than, than Drew and Roman. To be fair... I'm interested in like half the all-out crowd or all-out card more than Drew and Roman. But uh, to talk about Clash of the Castle, yeah, Sheamus and Gunther is the match I'm looking forward to the most now.
0: I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to, to Drew and Roman because I remember what those guys did at Survivor Series against one another. And I think that that match is going to be very, very good. But yes, this match intrigues me more because... I I do think there is more than a puncher's chance that that Seamus might actually might actually win this match, um, which would be interesting. And look, I hope that Seamus does get the Intercontinental Championship one day to to complete the Grand Slam for him. I know he he's talked about that for three years. This is something that he really wants to accomplish. Um, I don't know if now is necessarily the right time to do it because Gunther has been booked perfectly uh even throughout the everything that's been going on backstage in wwe his presentation since he got up has been absolutely flawless and i do hope by the way sp3 that they do turn seamus babyface because seamus is hilarious and like i i just let that man actually show off some of his personality he will get over he will just let him be himself that man is hilarious, Dutch. You know how funny that man is.
1: Oh, uh, he, he's great. I like when he called him Lad. Let me tell you something, Lad. <laughs> Which i and he's a, he's a great talker. But he's a he's a great talker on the mic, and he's entertaining as hell in the locker room. I mean, he's he's just funny. He just you like him automatically. I don't think we're going to see Gunther lose to Sheamus even though they're in the UK. See, they just started... Gunther's a new project. And that's what WWE has been lax on. They'll get a guy going and all of a sudden just stop his momentum dead in his tracks. But I don't think they're going to stop Gunther. This might be a good spot for just a wild fight out in the crowd. I think that would... That would excite everybody. You don't see that often, and WWE doesn't like you to do that because of a potential lawsuit or something. But I, I think you're gonna see both guys come out of this looking pretty good to set it up later on down the line. That's what what I see. Oh, that's what I would do. Because if you if if you beat Gunther at this point, you're actually cutting your nose off to spite your face because they got Gunther kind of moving now. Seamus been there ten years. They could rejuvenate vigo- re- 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 him, not that he needs it at this point, but they could restart him, and he's still in the same spot as he is before the match. Yeah, and I think Guthrie keeps rolling, and he should at this point.
0: Yeah, Seamus has got that equity buildup. Uh, you know, he he's kind of like any of the he's kind of like Rollins in a way that like his his resume speaks for himself. So if he if he takes a series of losses, he he he's not really hurt by it. And, yeah, if he starts winning, okay, you believe it because he's been there, he's done that, and he's done it multiple times. So, yeah, I, I think Gunther winning this is the right call, but eventually Sheamus is going to win that IC title, and it's going to be the right call. And I would like to see Sheamus go babyface because and just be him. Like, don't be... Vince's version of a baby face, just be Seamus and just be effing hilarious. And I think that would be really, really uh, fun to watch uh, play out on television. We got more of Hit Row. Uh, we saw a bus that was playing the Hit Row theme, uh, and it was ruining the maximum male models photo shoot, uh, ruining the vibe of it to the point that we got Los Lotharios that were brought over by Maxine with some spray paint because that was going to show them what the hell was going down. They spray paint the bus. Hit Row comes over, challenges him to a match. Then we realize it's it's not actually their bus. It was the Street Profits bus. They got all pissed off. So now it's like we got Los Lotharios, Maximum Male Models, Hit Row, and Street Profits all fighting over what? I'm not sure. But the, the we, we got a hodgepodge of tag team action here, gentlemen.
1: I was lost on that. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on. And and I thought that the maximum male models, I still think they're dead. they're still dead, basically. Their best part is is, is your spokesman. What's his name, Knight? Or is that his other name? What's his guy? Uh
0: it's it's Max, uh, uh,
1: Dupree. Max oh yeah, Dupree. He's the best part of it, but I just I was totally lost on that. I didn't give a crap if they never bring it back because it just it didn't interest me the first time. And the girl is still there. Dupree is still there. They're just adding to it. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, now it looks like there's some kind of an alliance here, SP3, with Los Lotharios. Uh, maybe they're going to be part of it. I mean, they are two handsome gentlemen. I don't know. Uh, but, hey, at least maximum male models are finally wrestling, right? Like, we've, we've kind of been wondering all this time, what does any of this have to do with wrestling? Well, now... Mansois and
1: Marseille are going to throw down next week with Hit Row. The Lotharios would be better maximum male models than the two they got.
2: This is true. I agree with that. If they, they have Los Lotharios too. join he, them, they, I'd be more interested.
1: Yeah, they'd be hilarious doing it. they have a great time. We know they can work. So the other two can probably work too. I don't know. But I think the Lotharios, thats what I thought they came over for—is kind of try to get into the group. But they didn't. They were going to paint the paint the bus down. So again, I don't—I don't get it.
0: Angel Garza is another one of those guys that is—it's <laughs> just like he's got this great infectious personality, and he's that's funny, true. and he's a guy that I'd like to be able to see that portrayed on television so literally anything that he's that he gets to do i'm i'm, I'm gonna be all for it just get him on television more because that dude is a star he just he just needs the opportunity to to showcase it so we'll see uh what they do with that i will sb3 i did want to ask you this though and, and maybe i'm reading too much into it but max dupree is talking more like la Knight. Isn't he like he's definitely like dropped some of that Max Dupree attitude since Triple H has taken over some of that delivery, at least a little bit.
2: I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you because, yeah, that's another thing that didn't really grab my entrance. Like, they had me. They had me after that first runway stuff. They haven't done any of the runway stuff. They've been doing these backstage, you know, photo shoot. They did the whole thing with Hit Row uh, last week with Hit Row doing the rap. That was fine, but, yeah, I, I was like, okay, Hit Row is, you know, friends with the Street Profits. I was interested in it, and then the payoff was, oh, Maximum Male Models spray-painted Street Profits bus, not Hit bus. Whoa, we really got the fans. We really swerved them there, bro.
1: It's oh, like, boy, a, I'm mad now, buddy. <laughs> I'm so pissed off. <laughs>
0: Brian Dunlop says Brian Dunlap says bring back Brizongo to fe- to feud with the uh the models. I think that would genuinely be hilarious. Maximum male models in the fashion police in in some kind of That would be that would be good. Yeah, I do I do miss uh Brizongo on my TV screen. That's for sure. What are you guys gonna- all right, so let's talk about Sammy Zayn and Roman Reigns. Uh, the more of these backstage segments that we get, uh, the better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Sammy Zane, like, finally. Ge- <laughs> Sammy Zayn is like that nerdy high school kid who finally gets let into the club, right? Like, like hours after he fi- the bouncer finally feels bad for him and lets him in at like 3 a.m. Uh, or some horseshit like that. And he finally gets in there and he's getting to talk to Roman Reigns for the second week in a row. I love that Jay is still giving him the stink eye. Um, Roman says that he's appreciative of Sammy eating the claymore last week, says he needs a favor, uh, from the master strategist. And Sammy says, Hey, look, it is a piece of cake. This is what I do best. I'm going to get in his head. I'm going to do the dance. Everything's going to be great. Of course he goes out there and he gets his ass whooped in the match. McIntyre <laughs> wins, which was absolutely the right call. Cause he should beat Sammy Zane. He's the one with the title shot at clash. But then we get that absolutely brutal beatdown. That match ended at 9.53, 9.54, and I'm like, we got six minutes left. What the hell are they going to fill that six minutes with? They filled it with an ass whooping is is what they did. I'm like, is anybody going to come out and help Drew? Are we getting another return? Are we setting anything up? No, the only thing it set up was this absolutely glorious shot at the end where Drew is out and down and flat on the mat. They put the chair on his throat. Roman sits on it. They drape both titles over him. And then the Usos and Sammy all holding up the, the one finger at the end of it. It was an absolutely spectacular shot uh, to close out the show and just total domination of uh, of, of Drew McIntyre at the end. But it, it it is nice to SP3 to finally see not only Sammy, like, actually, you know, talking. With Roman and mixing it up with Roman, but now actually, you know, collaborating and working with the bloodline and setting up these traps and setting up these plants, it's almost like he actually is a member of the group now. Almost. Almost.
2: I just love the dynamic. I just love the dynamic of Jimmy Uso is friends with Sami Zayn. They got their own handshake with each other. Uh, Roman Reigns. He, you said the whole, you know, letting the letting him in with the bouncer. No, he's he's the nerdy kid that the jocks have let into their group because they want to cheat on his test. They want to cheat <laughs> off his test. They want to cheat off his test in math class and they're letting him be a part of the group. Like, yeah, you're down with us. You're down with us. And Roman's like, oh, let me see your test after, after, uh, just. Put your test on the side there uh, Go go, soften up Drew Or distract Drew long enough Remember he said distract Drew He just needs Drew occupied To set up this beatdown at the end So I'm glad it worked out I'm glad they included Sami Zayn In the beatdown as well Hitting the Aluva kick I, I didn't think the beatdown was so great I just thought the, the final picture Of Roman sitting on top Of uh, Drew McIntyre with, with Sami just like teetering. In his head, tinkering in over Roman's shoulder and right next to Jimmy. And I love the dynamic of Jay Uso being the number one hater, being a part of the haters, the haters of the month club, and just hating on Sami Zayn even being involved in this. Hating on the fact that Jimmy has a handshake with him. Hating on the fact that Roman is allowing him into the group and listening to him talk trash about Jay last week and Jay being upset about that. I love. Of all this dynamic and it's making the bloodline interesting again
1: so jimmy has the handshake with it right yeah i like the other one jay just telling me, hit the door see they can they now they can shoot this angle whenever they want to with sammy Zayn because it's been ready for a month anyway and i think the people would be ready for it i was almost kind of hoping this would be a good spot for tonight. But, and that's what they keep confusing me on because when they when they get an angle right, they keep making you guess when they're going to shoot the whole thing. But the people, they would really, I was thinking they were in Montreal last week. Yeah. If they'd have shot that angle there, the place would have come in the roof would have come in. He's over there. Uh,
0: Yeah, big time. Sammy got a massive, massive ovation uh, last week. They wanted him to win that uh, number one contenders match for the Intercontinental Championship. They were begging for him to win that match. Uh, Sheamus winning was the the right call, but my goodness, that roof would have blown off had Sammy Zane won that match last week. And I do think that the fans are ready for Sammy to get a babyface run. I think they have long been... uh, Wanting that to happen, and a lot of people are hoping that we get, as Stephen brought up, Owens, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn teaming up soon to beat the Usos. Yep. And I think that that is the the logical path forward. And now, you know, that's what we were saying weeks ago with the the Usos, you know, constantly. Being in Sammy's face, and especially with Jay giving him the stink eye and saying, Hey, look, I know you're a leech. Get the hell out of my locker room, right? Like, that was the logical, that was the hope. It's like, okay, so Sammy and somebody have to take the tag team titles off of him. Why not Kevin Owens? And now all of a sudden, we're getting Prize Fighter NXT version KO back, who looked like a heel initially, but now he's just this badass tweener. It doesn't matter over in toronto because of course he is he's canadian and now also has mixed it up with the usos recently SB 3 this has got to be where they're going because the usos don't have anybody else to fight at this point it's got to be babyface ko and sammy finally winning the tag team titles off those guys it has to be
2: Unless they plan on heating up Hit Row and getting them out of This feud with maximum male models As quick as possible that's the only Other option besides eventually Putting Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens Together and it just makes too much Sense like you can you can make It you know them coming together You know in the next couple of weeks Or you can prolong it a little bit more You can do Sammy getting a shot at Roman like Roman Views him as an easy option To verse yeah. uh, for the championship championship if he retains that clash of the castle and he like chooses him to be his next challenger and then sammy puts out a a great effort but the usos are the ones that cost sammy that matchup and then it eventually leads to him ko is another option to to race roman for the universal championship because he did say roman owes him one and we got the whole interaction last week where roman told sammy tell your boy KO i don't owe anybody anything so they they have set it up very nicely where it will can logically get to Zane and Owens teaming up against each teaming up with each other to verse the Usos. And I would love it. I wanna see it. I want to see that more than anything. I want to see a payoff and a conclusion to this whole story of Sami Zayn and the bloodline. Something that looked like it was just gonna be a one week one-off thing has become the most interesting thing about the top faction in WWE and it's just amazing. So happy for Sami Zayn,
1: and that's well, it, another- it, it books itself it's already booked anyway as long as they just they got a two-month run out of that anyway straight up right now and they've done a good job with it
0: and and let's just assume here right that wrestlemania season that the the plan and the hope and let's just go ahead and say they get they actually get the dream match set up between the rock and Roman reigns, right? A lot of that is going to center around family. There has to be a first crack in that foundation. They talked about tonight on commentary about how the bloodline is the most dominant faction in wrestling history. Okay. Bold statement. Don't know if I actually agree with that, but it's a bold statement, Pat McAfee, and they're saying they're dominant and no one's going to stop them. There has to be that first crack in the foundation that ultimately leads to the group kind of the, the, Descent in the family and the chaos. And then all of a sudden here comes big, bad daddy rock back to, to kind of get everything back together. Or so he thinks, and we can lead into the Roman reigns rock match at WrestleMania. I don't think that first crack is Roman losing the world title. I, I, I don't think that that needs to be the first that's, that's the straw that breaks the bloodlines back as him dropping that championship, whether it be to Cody Rhodes or Caring cross or whomever he's going to drop it to. Or Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, even. Um, but I think those two guys winning the tag team titles—that's got to be uh, the first, uh, the first crack uh, for the Bloodline. There. Let's move on to Rampage here. Uh, make sure to keep getting your comments in, guys. I know I haven't been uh, getting to a whole lot of those. If you want to send in a super chat as well, uh, you can do so to make sure to guarantee that we get those in uh, throughout the uh, before the show uh, ends here today. So let's dive into Rampage. SP3, your time to shine here. Trios tournament, hot and crazy. Already got a great semifinal that has been set up for uh dynamite next week. Now we gotta now we know the direction that we're going. When this thing laid out, especially with Hangman saying that he was always going to be there in the corner of the dark order and not join the Young Bucks. I always thought that the Dark Order was gonna be kind of a dark horse in this, and I liked them to ultimately get to the finals in some way, shape, or form. Hangman has to come in somehow, some way. We already know that Evil Uno is not going to be part of this. They're down to three members. So logistically, somebody could get hurt, as we have talked about before on another program, I believe. Uh, And uh, then Hangman can interject himself and maybe end up facing Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in the finals. That's what we hope. But how does the Dark Order get there? Well, they did a great setup tonight, I thought. Dark Order defeats House of Black, which looked like a mismatch on paper. Thanks to Miro, who came out there to tackle the the three pagans, as he calls it. I love Miro's music, man. Just like an old, like a like a Bulgarian gunfighter showing up at the in, in the old west to just take down the bad guys, right? He comes down, makes the distraction. Alex Reynolds rolls up Malachi for the win. Then Miro gets beat down, and then here comes Darby and Sting to save the day. Commentary bringing up how of how odd of a combination. That is, considering the history between Miro and Darby Allen, but I thought all of this played out really, really nicely. I'm not one for distraction finishes, and I felt like we got a little too many of them tonight, but I did like how all of this opened up rampage tonight.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a smart way to protect House of Black if they're going to take their first loss and need it to become by a a distraction or somebody interfering and Miro doing it, who Miro's kind of been this tweener type character. It made a lot of sense. I wish that they would have done more to make it look like the referee didn't see Miro attacking two people in the match because that should have been a disqualification. Uh, Other than that, I think they did everything right in this match other than that little, little nitpick there, especially the fact that they have already set up the person who is going to be out of the equation in 10 because the the knee was the story for the dark order his injured knee with the brace on it uh house of black attacked it malachi had him in the the knee bar and looked like he was about to tap when Miro's music hit so they have already set up the the kind of thing that is probably going to take him out of the equation in the semis against best friends and set up hangman coming in at least for the finals for dark order
0: that's what'd you think of the, uh, the opening? Other than the referee botch, which it seems like more often than not, commentary, if there is a, a screw-up with officiating, they just say, well, it's up to the official's discretion. That always seems to be their, their go-to excuse.
1: One thing about wrestling fans, they're forgiving. They'll just let a lot of things go, whatever. As long as the end result is that they like it. And there was nothing to dislike about this match. I think Miro coming down was a, was a good spot, and then Sting and Darby Allen coming down. Well, Sting wasn't in no hurry to get in that ring, was he? Never is. Hell, he he could have rolled down there and got faster. And he got he got in last, and people just run away from him, and he just stood there and looked at him. But uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, of the trios uh, tournaments because you got so many people, so many managers. They confused me, but it was a good start to the show. Nothing wrong with it. Great start. So, and I'm going to have to say Rampage was better than SmackDown. Tonight. Uh, yeah. One, I would, uh, one thing, it's an hour, which is not such a chore to watch, but they had a, they had a pretty decent show tonight. One thing that surprised me tonight about Rampage is they didn't pay enough attention to Punk and Moxley. I thought they would have paid a lot more attention to that, set it aside. And did they ever say what happened to his ankle? Is it broken? Is it not broken or what?
0: Uh, we have not gotten an official word from them. Uh, I, I, I don't believe this to be a shoot injury. I think this is 100% uh, a work and was done in a way to give us a shocking result on Wednesday, which was Punk getting squashed and- inside of five minutes.
1: And it did. He didn't get squashed. He got hurt, which is a difference. I mean, if you're going to lose, to me, that's the best way to lose. You get hurt. And it's to your benefit to get panned to keep from getting hurt more. So it shocked the people. And I don't know where where this interview, I mean, where this match finish came from. But it was one of the better ones that I have seen in years because they had all this momentum built up, all this anticipation behind them, and all of a sudden he hurts his leg, which is believable. And he goes down and Moxley pins him, one, two, three. Nobody expected it. A lot of people ran in the ring to check on him. But what they did, they closed that one door they had and opened about six or seven more. Now they can do anything with this angle that they want to do. Because it's not, you've heard me say this before. It's not the first thing you do in an angle. It's the second thing. Now we're waiting on the second act of, of this angle between Mox and Punk. And are they on the next pay-per-view or no?
0: We don't know yet. Uh, and Media M5 saying here, you- most likely this was done to build to the pay-per-view match for Punk uh, to win in Chicago, possibly. And I think that... that- might uh that might be the case who who knows uh i think there's a few other there might be one person uh hanging out there that we haven't seen in a few months who could alter that uh mjf is expected back soon but yes these two guys definitely seem like they're heading toward a rematch at all out in chicago
1: and that's september 4th
0: yeah so we're not that far away
1: it's booked it's a work if it's not booked it wasn't a work, he did hurt his ankle. But I, I think like you said, I think it was planned. Oh yeah. Because so who do you think who who do you think came up with that idea? And I'll tell you who I think came up with it.
2: Well, I don't know that the idea to do the match early was John Moxley's idea. And I'm gonna think, I think that the whole finish was John Moxley's idea too, because it makes Moxley look like the 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 baddest dude in wrestling. It looks makes him look like the a world beater, but at the same time, it protected CM Punk because I think the idea of the matchup of doing it early is if you are gonna do this match at all out, you wanted to do this match on the show to pop the rating. But to not give away what they're gonna do in a pay-per-view like quality matchup, going 15, 20 minutes on the pay-per-view. So this was the perfect way out of it. It's playing off of something that we know with Punk being injured. I thought they would have done more with the what they gave us on tonight's show, showing the highlights and showing punk backstage, saying that it just gave out. And it was kind of it was a similar feeling to when he um when he first injured his foot. I thought that we were gonna get like a promo or something from punk to kind of yep. set up the main event of all out. So I think that they missed out on an opportunity by not doing that. But I am very much interested of what they're doing because this was a this was something that no one really called. No one thought they would see it being a three minute matchup. And if I'm CM Punk I am never going back to Cleveland ever again in my life. This man walked out of WWE in Cleveland. He got squashed in under three minutes in his UFC debut in Cleveland. And then he lost the world title in three minutes in Cleveland.
0: Never go back to Cleveland. CM Punk. Um, you could have, ended really? that. you could have, honestly, you could have ended that sentence that never go back to Cleveland and, and for anybody, for literally, literally anybody, there's no reason to ever go to Cleveland ever.
1: Ever. That is true. That is true. <laughs> what, what's the name of that arena there? And Cleveland, Quick Loans?
0: Is that where they were at tonight?
1: Nice arena. But right. I think this angle was done perfectly. I kind of think it's almost like Punk's idea to to do that because he was doing it, he was getting beat.
0: Oh, well, we we he had to agree to it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um He. he he but is definitely going to protect his his own booking. That's for sure. So this was obviously an idea he signed off on. If it does, uh, if it yeah.
1: was. When you looked at the crowd after that match, they was going, "What the hell?"
0: All of us were.
1: Yeah.
2: It like was, wow. it like, was, was similar. It was similar to the reaction of fans for Brock and Undertaker or Brock and Goldberg from Survivor Series 2016, yeah. where people were like utterly shot. Like, what the hell
0: did when we just Gold- see? I felt the same way when Goldberg beat Brock inside of three minutes like that. That's exactly the well. heck. I think it was inside two minutes or inside a minute. Basically, uh, I felt the exact same way. You had a feeling something fishy was going on when that match wasn't the main event. And it was on at nine o'clock. You, you, I think we were all expecting shenanigans, DQ finish, no contest, something like that. Nobody was expecting John Moxley to win that match inside of five minutes. And I agree with you, SP3. I loved that Mox went full Cobra Kai. No mercy. I don't give a damn if you just hurt your ankle. I'm going to stomp on your foot. I'm going to give you two paradigm shifts. And I'm walking out the unified AEW World Championship. I absolutely love that booking.
1: Well, that's the best thing they've done since I've been watching the show because it surprised the people. And what what I'm surprised about, well, I'm not surprised about it, but they have so many ways to go with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they could go a bad way. I mean, they could, I guess. I don't know, but but I think they got enough they got enough experience between them to, especially Punk, that knows exactly where to go with it. So actually proud of that proud of that finish and they pulled
0: it off uh jim thom saying never go to cleveland sounds like an episode of the twilight zone uh i went to a bachelor party in cleveland yeah i could probably write a twilight zone episode uh, about that i don't know how i ended up going to a bachelor party in cleveland we were supposed to go to atlantic city but that is a story for another time uh we got uh menard and parker uh sp3 continuing to call out your boy hook and i love that he doesn't give a shit <laughs>
1: I, I got a okay. bitch of, when he walked off. I don't care. The people walk right in. That was the so man. They want to kill him. They're right there. They're five feet from him. And they said, Did he just leave? Or didn't they just see him leave? Yeah, well, and she even said him? that. She was like, They're literally he's literally right
0: there. She said that.
2: Menard and Parker are the Lenny and Squiggy of AEW. <laughs> Like they they do they come off like comic book like uh flunkies. They're not even the main villain. They're the flunkies, they're bulk and skull. They are they are not yes. the main like villain.
1: <laughs> where where AEW needs help on those interviews? I mean you gotta have if the guy is right there, there's no way to I mean it, it, it's just an odd feeling. No, so let, I, him, I, let him go for twenty seconds or something. Let him get out, I, of, get down I, the
0: hall. I think part of it was, and this is how I'm reading into it: they obviously knew he was right there, but they they weren't going to to pick a fight with him there because they they're all talk. They don't want none of Hook. All right, they're all talk. They're they'll sit there and say, "Yeah, we want to take that FTW champion." They don't actually want a piece of Hook. The second that Hook steps up to him, those two are gonna back down like a couple of bitches. That's exactly what is going to happen when that goes down. Uh, and yeah, well, I don't think
1: wrestling fans put that much thought in it,
0: probably not. They, and I tend to overthink everything. Have
1: come in and say, Is he gone? Is he gone? That's what they should have done. And said, Oh, well, yeah. oh, I'm glad he's gone because we were going to pick a bone with him or whatever. Now I it reach. kind of changed itself. I don't know, but they, they do need help in those backstage interviews quite a bit.
0: Dutch, I know you're a fan of a good squash match, and we got two of them back-to-back here. We had Wardlow decimating Baby Dolph in the battle of two dudes from uh, the inferior Ohio City. Uh, yep. And then Powerhouse Hobbs uh, squashes uh, Johnny Jobber tonight. Which one did you like better?
1: I liked Hobbs because Hobbs went in there and just beat the crap out of him. Wardlow played with him. Oh, know, yeah. that, was, that was. I thought he hurt him when he put him down on that third powerbomb because he put him down... Like on his like on his right on his butt. Which can which can hurt. But uh, I liked Hobbs's match better than I did Wardlow. So I don't know where that's gonna go. I'd hate to see Wardlow and that big guy. Sanjay?
0: Or not uh um What's his name? Satin I'm saying. What's you don't want to. See, you don't want to see if Wardlow can can power bomb seven foot. Sat no, I
1: think I think that to be a disaster. I really do because the guy's greener than he's greener than grass. Wardlow's not that experienced. So you got to watch. You got to watch putting those guys together like that. I mean, unless you want to go and spend two days in a gym with them just to get just to get. Four, three or four minutes. Out of it. See, they could actually hurt each other, not physically, but they could hurt each other physically. But if people see this, they said, "Damn, these guys are shits." <laughs> <laughs> you, you try to hide all that stuff from them, and the only thing that you know you could you could send him through Sanjay and send to Jay Lethal and the other kid. And maybe save the big guy for last, I guess. But just the sheer size of the big Indian guy is enough to to sell the match. But I don't know. I don't know what kind of quality it would be.
0: And I think SP3, that's why they've brought in the Motor City machine guns uh, for All Out instead of Sanjay and Satnam uh, in this match now.
2: Yeah, because it seemed like we were building to Warlow and Santam Singh and now the machine guns are involved I think that, yeah, that's why we're getting these trios matches because they realized that the only way a Santam Singh versus Warlow match would be good is if it's like less than five minutes and Warlow wins, so he's basically squashing who Tony is trying to build up as his next like big giant, so that didn't make a whole lot of sense, so it makes sense that they moved in a different direction i can't wait for the machine guns and i liked seeing my buddy chris saban i did an interview with him earlier this year seeing chris saban on aew was
0: nice so here's my thing with this um as we've already hit an hour and i know we we gotta rush to get through everything or i'm gonna get yelled at but i i don't think you do at this point i don't think you do for exactly what you said you're trying to build if you're tony khan satin him up as this big unstoppable giant right you can't do a match with Wardlow unless you're going to have Saturnum win, which you also can't do. So if you're building this whole thing around whether or not Wardlow can powerbomb the guy. Okay, we'll just build to that spot because that's that was what was selling. It's an attraction spot. That's what they were doing to sell. The match was can Wardlow powerbomb this dude if he can. Okay, have him powerbomb him because, you know, they're going to get involved in this trios match. Have Wardlow power bomb the dude at All Out, and that's it. It's over. You don't even have to do a match between those guys if they can do it safely because otherwise, yeah, Dutch, you're right. That that could be absolutely disastrous. Well,
1: I don't know what you're going to do with a big guy anyway over a period of time. I mean, those big guys, they're a flash. Then when people know they're not exciting or they go more than two minutes or three minutes I mean, it looks odd for a guy that size. He says not everybody's going to even be close to his size. And I think you hurt him by putting him in the ring. He can't if he had momentum, he can't carry it. Is what I'm saying. I did think one of the more interesting things
0: Sid was was not necessarily Power Hobbs, uh, powerhouse Hobbs squashing uh, who some Ace today, whatever the hell is. <laughs> his name was uh it was the uh it was the factory bloodying up ricky starks after the match i thought that was the interesting thing because like i know they're trying to get one of these two dudes on their side obviously now they've, they've aligned trying to align themselves with hobbs if this doesn't lead to like hobbs beating all of their ass because he doesn't feel like he needs their help i don't know where the hell else this is going
2: if you want to make Ricky Starks look strong going into All Out, they can do something like next week on Rampage a gauntlet match where he beats all of the Factory and looks like the triumphant babyface to get himself ready for Powerhouse Hobbs. They can do something like that. But yeah, I don't, I didn't understand why we're why we're putting over the Factory. Why the Factory is on my TV? I didn't understand that <laughs> at all. And why are they making your 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 you know? rising baby face ricky starks bleed from the mouth i didn't get it yeah i
1: wait a minute o- ortiz was he bleeding tonight when they get a shot of him yeah so let's... that
2: was the most insane thing i've seen <laughs> this year
1: so, yeah all
0: right so going on to the next match here right sammy and Ty Mello they defeat ortiz and and ruby soho uh anna jas that she's called now she throws ruby into the steps That allows Sammy to hit the top rope cutter, right? And we just saw Ortiz, his right side of his face, right? He was pounding on Sammy in the corner, and he was fine. We cut to the angle with Anna Jay, chuck in Ruby into the steps. We come back. Sammy has now crawled his way over to the top rope. Ortiz turns around into the cutter, and then immediately he flips over and Blood everywhere. And for the, the second there, I'm like, holy shit, Sammy just hit the most violent cutter in the history of professional wrestling. Cause dude bro just drove his face down into the mat so hard he crushed his face. Like that is exactly there had to be a cut. There had to be a cut. There had to be an edit. I don't know if the match was stopped. I don't know. But he was bleeding before he took that cutter. But he wasn't but he was wasn't bleeding before Anna Jay did the. He got messed up somewhere, and I don't know where it happened. I think that was a bad edit. We missed something. Either they didn't catch it on camera or what. We missed something, and it confused everybody.
1: Well, it confused me. I said, damn, where'd that come from? Because it wasn't needed, so it had to be a oh. potato.
0: It had to be accidental? I don't know. He was bleeding. He was, And even if he did just freshly get cut, there was too much of it. He got – it was so fast. His whole face well, was
1: covered right. in blood. I
0: don't know where it came
2: have, from. He was bleeding. That looked like a video game. It looked like, you know, <laughs> WWF No Mercy when you hit somebody with a big move and then they automatically just start bleeding. I was like, yo, I, I I had to rewind it and watch it a few times. Like, when did he start bleeding?
0: Forget No Mercy, it looked like Goldeneye. It looked like he got a headshot. That's what it looked like. Just boom. Cutter and got his face all smashed in otherwise this was a a fairly fun uh mixed tag match uh on the night uh we did get uh a backstage segment with jade cargill uh as well uh she kicked um what's her name layla gray out of the baddies so the interim baddie is gone kind of weird that stokely wasn't there tonight um at least with with uh her and the baddies jade and the baddies but she said, Athena can come get these hands at All Out. So, finally, they set up that match. Athena said, uh, I ain't waiting, and they started brawling uh, backstage. But let's that's get in.
1: That's yeah. another example of of a five-feet distance because that girl was right there. Couldn't she looked over there and saw her? Well, maybe she was crouching I'm- behind something. She's five-foot-one, Dutch. She's easy to miss. It's a set. People know that. <laughs> that That just peeves me to death. I mean, it's not like we, Rusty doesn't suffer from a lot of misconceptions anyway. But she was, all of a sudden, she's talking about the girl and the girl was right there. I mean, you can look She could have been running from a mile away. Maybe I'm trying to put too much realism into this, but please, if you're going to make it a fantasy Make it a fantasy that can halfway be believed. That's what I'm saying. They need help in their backstage segments a lot.
0: Stephen Chambers saying it looks like Athena is going to beat Jade at All Out. I would love to see it. I don't think that's happening. and I, I don't I, think
1: it's happening either.
0: No, because there's been very little build uh, to this match, at least on a week to week basis. They have kicked this can down the road, and Athena's been there since May, and I think she's had all of four televised matches since she's been there. They are not booking her and building her up as the one who's going to beat uh, Jade Cargill. Although I would love to see it, I love Athena. I wish she got some more TV time. I wish a lot of the women I got TV time. Hey, Ozzy, I'm five foot nine. All right, I am major league average in the height department all right so you know enough with the jokes there uh let's get to the main event tonight your boy claudio Dutch, defending his ring of honor world title against the natural dustin rhodes really good match with a really clunky finish claudio took one right in the castagnolis on a leapfrog but he was able to recover hit the uh hit the uppercut and uh win the match what did you think of the uh, main event tonight You're asking me? I am asking you.
1: It was a good main event. But if this is what I think also. They need a little more emphasis on their main events. I mean, they need to build it just a little, promote it, do the show a little more. See, AEW's got a pretty decent show. I don't like the announcer setup. They had four announcers tonight with Jericho. And... Does Shabani say much, or does he just sit over there and, on the edge and just listen to him? Somebody's got to they... shut up
0: if they got a four-man booth. They all yep. can't
1: be talking. That's what I'm saying. They got too many announcers.
0: That was the biggest problem with the earliest episodes of Rampage. Is they had four guys on commentary and they were all trying to talk at the same time. And that's when they had Mark Henry on the desk before they moved him back to. It's time for the main event, and that's all he's going to well, really say.
1: That was the one of the better moves they made when they moved him off the desk and put him on to It's time it's and actually he has got over with that, but he has. Uh too many too many announcing uh, announcers and you can't hear what either of them say. I miss it. If I didn't have closed captioning, I'd miss all of it. The
2: the commentary is so much better when Jericho isn't there. Like it just becomes so much better in my opinion. I agree with uh, Dutch is with, too much with Jericho? four people there. Yeah, without Jericho, it's it's a lot I, better.
0: I think so too. That that said, when they replaced Jericho with William Regal tonight, that was lovely. You know, that, that was yeah. that was a lovely combination. You know, he, he added a lot to it. Like I like I like Jericho and I understand what he's trying to do on the commentary desk, but yeah, there's for what it doesn't mesh with what they're trying to do, uh, trying to do very well. Uh, before we wrap up here tonight, we did get uh, one super chat. I want to make sure to uh, bring it up here as we go back to WWE. Rollin Curtis, uh, we do appreciate that super chat. Uh, McIntyre's video and story feels incomplete without mentioning that McMahon anointed Drew, the uh, future of WWE, future world champ. Um, they understand He understands events as a sensitive subject right now, but he's asking, could the current anointed um uh, future world champion in theory cash in his money in the bank at the pay-per-view based off of what we saw on uh monday sp3 with himself and and johnny gargano i don't think theory is going to be trying any uh, cash in attempts anytime soon
2: see if they really want to do this the way to do this if they're gonna do drew mcintyre winning the title is have theory cash it in in the middle of the matchup, make it a triple threat. And then drew hits the claim on theory. And that's how he wins the undisputed uh universal championships. Cause that's how you protect Roman Reigns. He got screwed over. You can do more drew and Roman whenever Roman is available to do it, but you can still have your champion be on the show week after week. And Theory has lost so much that it doesn't it doesn't hurt him too much to lose to Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns. So that's how you get rid of this Money in the Bank, which is not a Triple H idea, even though Triple H is said to be high on Theory. I don't think that he would have had Theory win Money in the Bank.
0: I don't think he would have either. And I've I've said similar in the past that I that is how I would if if you're going to have Drew win i would like to see that happen to protect roman but at the same time i don't know if that if that's something that drew would want i think drew would want to beat roman and not beat theory i feel like that would be kind of like a hollow victory for him i don't know if that necessarily fits his character
2: i mean dutch why do why do we care what Drew thinks? Like if Dutch, if you were booking it, are you really gonna be like Drew? Drew's like, oh no, I I I think it's it's it means more if I beat Roman. Well, why do I care? I'm I care about protecting Roman Reigns for this
0: rock match. I don't care about what Drew I mean thinks. his character. Why would why I think Drew, I think Drew would kind of go prideful, dumb babyface syndrome here a little bit. He wouldn't want to beat theory, he'd want to beat Roman Reigns so what? It doesn't matter. You win the champion.
2: He wants His whole goal is is not, I need to be Roman at at class. He said he wants to be the Undisputed Champion. He can be the Undisputed Champion and then challenge Roman Reigns. Hey, whenever you come back, you can have a rematch. You could do that, but you're going to be like, oh no, I don't want to win this way, so I'm not going to win it this way. No. Don't be a dumb baby face. (laughs) He needs to be smart in his hometown, in his home
1: country. Well, I don't see Theory being involved in this at all. I think you piss your fans off, your live fans off, I think. And I don't even know how they'd work this into the story because Theory's just been bouncing around lately, right?
0: Yeah, well, he he literally just started a new program Monday when Johnny Gargano came back. And they're building yeah. off of what their relationship was in NXT. Now they're doing it on the main roster. So. And actually you don't to, to Sid's credit, you don't have to build theory into the storyline at all because it's the money in the bank cash in the whole, the whole point of it is it can come from literally anywhere at any time. So you don't have to build theory into the story. You could just throw them out there if you really wanted to. I don't know if they would do that. If they set up, if if raw comes around on Monday and they set up Gargano and theory at clash at the castle, I could see a situation where Johnny beats him in the opening match, and then maybe we see Theory later on that night, but
1: I don't know. What did they do with Gargano and Theory on Raw?
0: Um, Johnny came out, explained to those who didn't know who he was, who he was, although he did get a really, really nice pop uh, in Toronto. They were in Toronto on Monday, right? Um, So the Canadian crowd loved him. He got a great reaction for when he came back. Theory came out and said, hey, look, that's great that you're here. I've kind of already established and done everything in the time that you've been gone the last nine months that you came back to do. He wanted to do the old way pose for uh, one final time, and then uh, Gargano super kicked him in the face for being an annoying little brat, basically. So,
1: it was a good segment. Well, we'll see what they do. That's,
0: that's all we can they-
1: do. You, so we watch and see what they do. And that's so we can come back and say, what a stupid thing they did. So all right, man. We've done we went an hour 15. They yeah, to- no, we need we need to they shut can- up. I'm gonna say, hey, Mr. Riju, I didn't have nothing to do with it. I don't have the stopwatch.
0: Hey, we look, man, we haven't done a three-man show in two weeks. All right, my timing is off. Uh, one last thing, Stephen Chambers saying, guys, see Sasha, see Sasha and NailMek clash at the castle. Look, I don't think it would make sense for them to be a Clash at the Castle because the women's tag team title finals are on Raw. So the question is, SP3, real quick, do we see Sasha and Naomi on Raw after Damage Control wins the tag team titles? Are we getting the Cena Punk situation on Raw?
2: No, you do it the Raw after Clash.
0: What do you think, Dutch? Do we see Sasha and Naomi on Monday?
1: No, I don't think so. Don't need them Monday. You need them after.
0: I'm gonna be now different and say yes. Different.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold. I say
0: we see him on Monday. I think we see damage control win. We see Sasha and Amy show up and we get the with their versions of the women's tag team titles, and we get set something up after uh Clash at the Castle. All right, guys, we need to wrap up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to all one hour, 15 minutes of this 45. All right, I'm gonna shut up. See you guys, have a good weekend. <laughs>